Hallelujah. And in his name, through faith in his name, have made this man strong whom you see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Read that again. In his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong. You see, this is after Jesus had already gone to the cross. You see, this is, this, this is what takes place in the dispensation of grace. In his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong. Whom you see and know, yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Acts 4, it goes on and says, Be it known unto you and to all the people of Israel. Get it? Be it known unto, unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. We love you, Jesus. The source of whatever you're needing in your life. Is found in Jesus. He is the source of your provision. He is the source of your healing. Let's get our mind off natural things. Let's get our mind off ideas, concepts, material things. And let's get our focus and attention on the one who is the source of all things. The source of all our prosperity. The source of our healing. The source. Let's not look at faith as an object to obtain, but a person that we, that, but an outflow of the person, of the relationship that we built with the person. Your faith isn't an object. Your faith isn't a what. Your faith, it, it, it's a, but it's a living, breathing relationship with Jesus. Faith. It's about placing confidence within the person, within the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. It's placing confidence in the name of Jesus. It's a person. It's in His name, through faith in His name. That will bring about manifestation in every area of our life, spirit, soul, and body. Oh, Father, we thank you for Jesus. We're grateful for Jesus. Where would we be without Jesus? We receive your forgiveness. We receive our redemption. We receive our healing. We receive a sound mind. We receive wisdom. We receive direction. We receive peace. We receive joy. We receive every 
good and perfect gift. Wash over us tonight. Revive this place. Revive Crowley, Texas. Revive South Fort Worth with a revelation of Jesus. back into that song here in a little bit, but I want to sow some word into you, amen, the word, amen, the word produces, right, wherever the word is being sown, what's being produced, let me ask that question again, wherever the word is being sown, what is being produced, faith, faith is being produced, like I said, it's not, it's not having faith in an object. It's not a what. What, it's a who. It's a person. Yeah. Jesus was the word made flesh and he dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So everything, we talked about that Sunday, being the grace and truth. You know, it's the, the word is truth. The grace is his, his ability. We can, we can walk through any situation. We can walk through any storm when you are full of grace and truth. Jesus was able to speak to the storm, not because he was Jesus, but it was because of what he was filled with. He was full of grace and truth. When you, when you are filled with the word of God and you're filled with his ability in your life, you can walk through any situation, any storm. You know, we've been talking about faith and this is our fourth week on faith and we're going to stay on this topic until the end of September. But in 1 John chapter 5, you don't need to turn there in the message, it says, Every God-begotten person conquers the world ways. The conquering power that brings the world to its knees is our faith. The person that wins out over the world is the one who believes Jesus is the Son of God. It believes that he's the Son of God. So your faith is a conquering power. Your faith is a spiritual force that will propel you to success. So think about it. Our victory... Our victory needs to eventually become someone else's victory. If faith is a conquering power, if your faith has the ability to overcome things that you face in this world, then when you overcome, it also gives and can deposit faith in someone else's life to cause them to overcome. But like I said, it's not having faith in a what? It's having faith in a person. In Mark chapter 11, and I wasn't with you when, when, when um, Trey ministered along these lines. But in Mark 11, it says, what, have faith in God. It's not having faith in healing. It's not having faith in provision. It's not having faith in some sort of object. It's having faith in the provider. It's having faith in the healer. It's not trying to grasp an object. It's not trying to grasp a something. It's getting to know the person. Having faith in God. And too often we try to put our faith in some things. Objects that we can see instead of putting our faith in the person. 
He is the provider. He is the healer. Is getting to know him. Getting to know him. Having faith in God. That, that's, that's where it all begins. Don't, don't try to get whatever you're needing in your life. Don't pursue the thing. Pursue him. He says, seek first the kingdom of God. Your pursuit should be the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things. Anything that you need in this natural world, anything that you're needing physically, emotionally, financially, any and everything, look to him. Look to him. You need direction in your business, look to him. And Timothy, Paul is writing to Timothy and he says this, I know in whom I have believed. He didn't say I know in what I believe. I know in who, whom I believe. This is, this is the foundation. We've just been dealing with the foundations over the last several weeks. And, and this is such, such key. And there, there's different things I have in my notes. But I'm just going to just flow with where, where I believe we need to go tonight. Because this is so important. What I, what I feel in my spirit is just, just continuing to lay this foundation of, of falling in love with him. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with the word of God. Falling in love, getting to know him. I know in whom I have believed. I know in whom I have believed. In 1 Corinthians, I'm just quoting these instead of turning to some of them just for the sake of time. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 5, it says, it says that your faith would not rest in the wisdom of men. Now, get that, that your faith would not rest. That you wouldn't let your faith to totally find its identity in the wisdom of man. That your faith would not rest in the wisdom of men. But what would it rest in? The power of God. That your faith wouldn't rest in the wisdom of man. But how often are we constantly looking to the wisdom of man to be the source of everything we do? And I'm not even talking about necessarily the world's wisdom. I'm talking about ourselves. Sometimes we, sometimes our our victory ends before it ever begins because we're basing everything on the knowledge that we have personally about our situation. But I can't base my wisdom on just my natural wisdom. If any man in, throughout Scripture that, that, that followed God and became something great for God and God did something great for, you have to realize that if they based everything they did on their wisdom, they would have never succeeded. If David based it, his wisdom on, on, on his own natural wisdom, he would have never got out of, he would have never got out of Ad, the, 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 um, the caves of Adullam. He would have never stepped out of that. He, he would have never stepped onto the battlefield in the, in, in, in the Valley of Elah. He would, have never, he would have never stepped foot in trying to build a relationship with Jonathan if he had this idea of he was going to base everything in his own wisdom. 
would have never happened. How about a man like Gideon? Would, would have Gideon ever become a mighty man of valor if he had based it on his own wisdom? Never. Never in Judges 6, he even went to God and said, I, I, am, a, I am from the, the smallest tribe, and I am not only that, but I'm least in my father's house. Not only are we the worst gang around, but you know what? I am the worst in the worst. <laughs> and besides, besides God, you, you, you're this one that delivered, you know, these children of Israel. I hear these great things, and, and so how come we're in bondage? What does God say? He goes, he goes, he calls me, he says, you mighty man of valor. You mighty man of, he's hiding under a tree and God shows up and says, you mighty man of valor. He tells him, fear not. He goes, why? I'll be with you. So, so here Gideon couldn't place any wisdom in his own ability because he didn't have any He didn't have any trust in his own ability. His wisdom was, I am the least and I'm of the worst. That was his wisdom. But when all of a sudden, now you have an encounter with God. You have an encounter with the angel of the Lord, which is a type and shadow of Jesus. And all of a sudden, his perception changes. Wow, I'm a mighty man of valor. I'm a mighty man of valor. I'm a mighty, yeah, he had, he had to pull out a fleece. He put out three fleeces. That's not a doctrine for us to put out fleeces, whether we should trust God or not. Gideon didn't have the word of God. But the fact of his coming down, I can't base my life on my past experiences. I can't base it on my current conditions. I've got to base it on whom... I have believed. I know in whom I have believed. My wisdom, my faith cannot rest in the wisdom of man. If your faith rests in the wisdom of man, you'll be up one day and down the next. If you base your your faith in the wisdom of men, your, your spouse will disappoint you. Your children will disappoint you. Your pastor will disappoint you. Politicians will disappoint you. Everyone in the world will disappoint you if you're going to base your faith on wisdom of man. So we can never base our faith in God's wisdom, in man's wisdom, the wisdom of this world. But we, what do we do? Base it on. We base it on the power of God, on his ability, on him. It's on him. We have two sources that we have to build our, we, we, will build our, we will build our life on two sources. We either build our life on the word of God or we'll build it on what man thinks. And somewhere, we're all, we're all somewhere in a category here where there's some areas of our life where we're, we're building our lives on what, God, what the word says. But you know what? There are also other areas of our life where, where we're, we, have, we are building our lives on what man's saying. And so we really have to get, see, I, and I'm honest with you, there's areas in my life where, where there's things that come up in my life. And, and you know what? I'm like, at first, it, it's, you, you have to like, okay, I got to like, let me pull in the reins here. And okay, what does the word say? Because right now my natural wisdom isn't too good right now. Right now my attitude stinks. Right now I'm aggravated. 
I'll tell you a story that happened to me this morning. Well, Sunday, well, Sunday, I, I, you know, we were, I was at church here, ministered, and Sunday night, I, um, I, I flew to Miami, and someone had blessed my son and I and said, hey, they wanted to pay our way, buy our plane tickets and hotels, and we wanted, we wanted to take you to the Major League All-Star Game. And so it was, it was, an, it was, it was an awesome experience, and pr- um, praise God. You know, it was such an awesome thing, and just thank God for, you know, his goodness, and, and for them, them to just, the people that took us to bless us. It was awesome. And I had a great time and, you know, and it got up early this morning at, you know, got, I think got back from the stadium at like midnight, got, by the time I got to bed, it was one, I got up at five, uh, something. And, and, and so here, go down and get our, get our rental car, I take it back to the, to the rental place. And I'm getting out of the car. My son's getting out of the car and I'm ready to take off because we need to, we need to check in and catch our flight. And the, the guy says, hold on a second. You, you were in an accident. I was like, no, I wasn't. I wasn't in an accident. And I'm, I'm like... I'm arguing. I was like, no, I, I drove the car three times. I, I would have known if I was in an accident. Well, well, there, you were clearly in an accident. I was like, and I'm thinking, well, maybe he's, he's one of those little scuffs or something. I walk around the side, and the whole passenger side is caved in. I'm going, wait a minute. <laughs> I was like, I mean, I hardly I didn't even drive the car. It was like, drove it from the airport to, to the hotel. We drove it two hours on Monday and didn't drive it all Tuesday. And I drove it this morning back to the airport. That was it. And so my, my natural wisdom was like, I want to hurt somebody. <laughs> I'm going first. I, I mean, I, I'm like, I, I got to catch a flight. I'm going, what's going on here? But I had to say, finally, I said, I calmed down. My wife had been like, Justin, she wasn't with me, but I heard her, I heard her voice, Justin. So I had to fill out this accident report form and I'm, you know, I'm like, okay, all right. And I was like, okay, God, take care of it. I had, I had to get back, but you know, and because I was, I was confident that I wasn't in an accident. That guy was confident that I was. And after I went around the car, I, it was in a, it was an act. I wasn't in one, but it was. <laughs> and so now I have, to, I have to go, okay, what is my confidence in right now? Because natural wisdom is, I'm frustrated. Natural wisdom, I'm thinking, okay, how is this going to affect me financially? Okay, am I going to have to, what am I going to have to pay? What, you know, and I'm thinking, and, and the Lord says, why are you worried about it? Yeah. Do you believe me or do you not believe me? Yeah. Are you more confident of, of the, the, what you just experienced? Or are you more confident in my ability to turn it around? Yes. He goes, even if you have to pay out money financially, he goes, who's to say I, I won't give you back seven times that? So, so why, are you, why are you worried about the natural things? What are you worried about just a momentary situation for? But if I base my faith in the wisdom of men... Then I'm, I'm, I, I, that's all. That's as far as I can go. But when I step over into faith in the power of God, now I leave behind limitations. I leave behind limitations. See, see, that's it. When, you know, when it faith, when I put faith in the wisdom of men, I, there, I, I hit a lid. But when I step over and I have faith now in the power of God, now I leave those limitations behind. But my faith isn't in. 
Okay, praise the Lord, that dent's going to pop out in Jesus' name. <laughs> it's, not, it, it, it's, it's not, faith isn't magic. It's healing, a miracle and healing isn't magic. And a lot of times we, when we go to God and we pray, it's almost somehow in the back of our mind we think if we just pray hard enough and we pray the most eloquent prayer or we pray the most anointed prayer, then all of a sudden something magic trick happened and all of a sudden the manifestation is going to happen. It has nothing to do with, with how good you pray, but it's how well and do you know him? Do you know the one you're praying to? It's knowing him. Hallelujah. So our our faith is going to be built on two sources, either God's word or what man thinks. Let's go to Romans chapter 4. There's been plenty of seasons in my my life where I I had to learn the art of telling my mind to shut up. And there's times I have to do it now, dealing with fear or, you know, stepping out or, or dealing with, you know, things with, with family. Just know we're, we're going to stand on the word with this. We're, it doesn't matter what it looks like in the natural. Annette and I, we're, we're going to stand in agreement. And we're going to walk through this situation and we're going to get through it. They're going to get through it and we're going to be victorious. Well, what if it happens 37 more times? It doesn't matter. Does it change God? Because if, because if, it, because if that circumstance changing me then my faith is resting in, in the wisdom of man. In Romans 4, this is also good. Um, uh, look 19. He did not weaken in faith when he considered the impotence of his own body, which was good as dead because he was about 100 years old. Or when he considered the bareness of Sarah's womb. So here... Faith does not rest in the wisdom of men, but what? In the power of God. So, so if we see that, we see 1 Corinthians 2 verse 5 in that light, then we have to see that faith is always going to operate that way. Does that make sense? It's, it, 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 faith is always going to operate that same way. It, it's not like, okay, well, faith is going to work if I totally, for me, if I totally give way to and, place and rest in the wisdom of men. It's not going to happen. It, it, faith is never going to be based on what man's wisdom is. So Abraham's faith couldn't be based on what his natural wisdom was. He said he did not weaken in faith. When he considered, meaning, meaning he considered, meaning it was a thought. See, you're going to have the thought. You're going to have the, temp- the wisdom, the natural wisdom is going to be there. I, I'm, I'm not telling you some sort of pipe dream that, that somehow, you know, you're never going to get to a place where you're not going to have fear, where you're not going to have emotions, that you're not, that your soul's not going to, not going to be up, up and down. No, you're going to have to deal with those, but you'll have to be like Abraham, where it said he did not weaken in faith when he considered the natural, natural wisdom. So therefore, he went beyond his natural wisdom, wisdom and man. It, 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 he, he didn't let his wisdom just rest in that. Why? Because it said he didn't weaken in faith when he considered the natural things, right? But verse 20 says, No unbelief or distrust made him waver concerning the promises of God. Well, one thing you had to understand, the promises of God, 
You see, the promises of God are established in the word of God. Abraham didn't have the Bible. He didn't have the Bible. He didn't even write Genesis. Moses wrote Genesis. So, so here Moses is reflecting on what he's heard about his fathers in the faith and how things were handed down. And so here it, it says, it says that no one believe or distrust made him waiter concerning the promises of God. So he was holding on to the promises of God more than he was holding on to man's wisdom. But he grew strong. It was empowered by faith as he gave praise and glory to God. So the word that came from God is what he established his faith in. What was his faith in? His faith wasn't in, I'm going to have a child one day. Lord, please give me a child. Please give me a child. Please give me a child. Oh, come on, Lord. This time, give me a child. Come on, give me a child. A 7-Eleven or doubles. Come on, give me a child. Give me a child. No, his faith was established on the principle of Genesis chapter 17. When God said, I am almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. See, his, his faith was, yes, he said, he said, look at the stars. And see, that was building That was building his expectation, building on what God had promised him. But what his faith was in to realize that God is God Almighty, that he is El Shaddai. His faith wasn't having kids. His faith was now in the God that can produce the kids. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 3. Abraham was fully convinced and he was confident. Of what he said he was able to do. Living confidently. That's what living by faith is. It's living with confidence in God. And I I don't think we're going to get into everything that that I have to cover tonight. So we'll revisit at a later time. The way this seems to be going. Living with confidence. Faith is having, when say have faith in God, I'm saying having confidence in God. Having confidence in God. Thank you, Lord. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now faith is the substance. I did this illustration with... Uh, with Rochelle, right? You know, she was the substance. What she was holding was substance. She could handle it. No one could talk her out of the fact that it was a bottle of water, right? And because she's convinced of it, she's confident of it. So now faith is the substance. So she was holding it in her hand. So it's substance. It's something that she could hold. Now, Hebrews chapter 3, I believe this is the right one, verse 1. Having faith. In him, having confidence in God, knowing in whom I have believed. Thank you, Father. Hebrews 3, verse 1 says, So then, brethren, consecrated and set apart for God. So here we know he's talking to Christians. He's talking to believers, right? These are people who share in the heavenly calling. Thoughtfully, I'm going to amplify, thoughtfully and attentively consider Jesus. The apostle and the high priest whom we confessed as ours 
when we embrace the Christian faith. King James says, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and the high priest of your profession, Christ Jesus. First thing that you face when you deal with any situation, before you do anything, let me ask you a question. Have you considered Jesus? Before you've gone to your, before you've gone to your, your friend, before you've gone to Facebook, before you've gone to Google, before you've gone to anything else, let me ask you this question. Have you considered Jesus? See, he's talking to believers here that are partakers of a heavenly calling. Are you a partaker of a heavenly, heavenly calling? He says, consider the apostle and the high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. Now listen to this. Who was faithful to him that appointed him as, also made, as, as Moses was faithful in all his house. For this man, Jesus, was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who had built the house has more honor than the house. For every house is built by some man. But he that built all things is God. Now let me read this to Amplified because it really lays it out a little better for us. Verse 2 says, see how faithful, talking about Jesus, he was faithful to him who appointed him. See how faith, consider Jesus and see how faithful Jesus was to God. He was faithful to God. He was fixed on God. So just as much as Jesus considered God, we should consider Jesus. See how faithful he was to him who appointed him apostle and high priest as Moses was also faithful in the whole house of God. Meaning as Moses was faithful to establish a natural kingdom. Because what was Moses, Moses took the heavenly And brought it down to where we could see it in the earthly. Created the holy of holies on the earth. Oh man, some places I could go here right now. But mm. Thank you, Father. As Moses was also faithful in the whole house of God. So just as Moses established God's kingdom in a natural way. Consider Jesus because he came to establish the kingdom in a supernatural way. Verse 3, yet Jesus has been considered worthy of much greater honor and glory than Moses. Just as the builder of the house has more honor than the house itself. Hallelujah. Verse 4, for of course, every house is built and furnished by someone. But the builder of all things and the furnisher of the entire equipment of all things is God. Verse 5, and Moses certainly was faithful in the administration of all God's house as a ministering servant. In his entire ministry, he was but a testimony to the things that were to be spoken, the revelations to be given afterwards in Christ. Now listen, but Christ, the Messiah, was faithful over his house as a son and master of it. And it is we who are now members of this house. Now get this. 
But Christ was faithful. Verse 6 again, the Amplified. But Christ was faithful over his own father's house as a son and master of it. And it is we who are now members of his house. We're members of his house. His house had greater glory. Consider Jesus. He was, a faith, he was faithful. His house and what he built and what he established has greater glory than the house that Moses built. But Christ was faithful over his house as a son. And it is we who are now members of his house. We're members of his house. Now, if we hold fast and firm to the end, our joyful and exalted confidence and sense of triumph in our hope in Christ. King James says, but Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are. If we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm until the end. Hallelujah. Verse four again says, for every house is built by some man. But he that built all things is God. And yet Christ was the head of his house and we're part of his house. So if we hold on to the confidence, you need to hold on to the confidence of what Jesus finished. Consider Jesus. See, it's not it's not a something. It's not a what it's not a concept. It's not an idea. But consider the person because what this person Jesus did. Established a house who we're a part of. So with joyful expectation and confidence, hold on to this hope until the end. Whatever you're going through, hold on to a hope of the end. Consider Jesus. Look to Jesus. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. Do you know in whom you have believed? Not what you believe. Not what you believe. Because a lot of times what we believe doesn't necessarily measure up to what we, who we truly believe in. Having faith in him. Having confidence in him. Faith is not found in trying something. It's having a knowing about something. Your confidence has to be in God. It's, it's not about I'm going to try faith. It's not I'm going to try tithing. It's not, I'm going to try God. I'm going to try this faith stuff. It's it's not trying. It's getting to know a person. I've gotten to know and want to know Annette better. I just don't want to try Annette. I want this relationship to be cultivated. I want this relationship to grow. I want this relationship to be stronger. It's not just believing to have a good marriage. But do I believe in the one that brought us together? What God has put together, let no man put asunder. Knowing the one that brought us together. Marriage will always be difficult if you look at each other's natural limitations. Because we have weaknesses. She'll tell you I have weaknesses. And it's none of your business what they are. (laughs) She has weaknesses and it's none of your business what they are. 
So if, we, if we're going to base success when we get to a place where we have no weaknesses. I have no clue why I'm talking about this right now. <laughs> it will never happen. We'll never be what, We'll never be one. God takes two lives and makes one, something that never before existed. And so if we just look at weaknesses, then we're still two different people. When we look at ourselves as one and we know, we get to know the one that put us together, this will be so much more successful. Don't put your faith on an object of something in the natural to be completed. Put your attention and your focus on him that has the ability to make all things new, to perfect everything that concerns you. In a person. And you can't even put your faith in yourself just to, I'll get better, I'll just be better. No, because then you're relying on yourself again. Get to know him and he will perfect all those, he'll get rid of all those nuances that, that your spouse may not like. That you never knew she didn't like. She hasn't bold enough to tell you that she hasn't liked those. No, just meddling now. So faith isn't trying in something. Faith isn't trying something. It's better to have a confidence. When you, know, you don't, when you have confidence in something, you're not trying it. You know, when I was at the Home Run Derby on Monday night, and that guy Aaron Judge got up and hit the ball, oh my goodness. We were sitting next to some people that live in Miami, and, go, and, and they said, he hit one ball, and I was there, and it, seeing it on screen doesn't do it justice. When you hear that ball explode and he hit the top of the rafters and it's still going up. And there's a back glass wall that goes around it. He hit 30 feet from the top glass wall in the back of the stadium. He wasn't just trying to hit a home run. He had confidence that I got the power to kill this thing. He's not just trying. He's, he's doing what he knows to do. And it's not trying God. It's, it's, it's when you get to know God like Aaron Judge gets to know on how to hit a baseball. Then as way as he's proficient at hitting a ball is the same that way we can be proficient in our life of faith. But too often we look at faith as an object instead of a person we get to know. I know I'm repeating myself a lot, but I'm just flowing out of what, what's, what's coming out of my heart. Confidence in God. Let's go to Psalms 20. I'm definitely not going <laughs> to do anything here tonight. Psalms 20. Verse 6 says, Now know I the Lord saves his anointed. Now, get that phrase, now I know the Lord. You see, everything is going to come down to what you know. Know is a word of confidence. I know in whom I have believed. It's confidence. Not, I know what I think. No, I, I, I think in whom I believe. No, I know. I know. It's confidence. I know. I know in whom I have believed. And here he says in verse 6, Now know I the Lord, saveth his anointed. 
He will hear him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord God. They are brought down and are fallen, but we are risen and stand up straight. See, those are all aspects of confidence. I know. I'm going to read this this whole chapter in in the message. God answers you on the day you crash. This is verse 1 of Psalms 20. God answers you the day you crash. The name God of Jacob put you out of harm's reach. Who was it? The name of the God of Jacob put you out of harm's reach. Send reinforcements from the holy hill. Dispatch from Zion fresh supplies. Exclaim over your offerings. Celebrate your sacrifices. Give you what your hearts desire. Accomplish your plans. When you win, we plan to raise the roof and lead a parade with our banners. May all your wishes come true. That clinches, clinches it, helps coming, an answer's on the way. Everything is going to work out. See those people polishing the chariots and those other grooming the horses? But we're making garlands for God, for God, our God. The chariots will rust, the horses will pull up lame, but we'll be on our feet standing, standing tall. Make the king a winner, God. The day we call, the day we call, give, give us your answer. Make the king a winner, God. The day we call, give us your answer. Man, that's confidence. That's confidence. I know that you save your anointed. I know that you save your anointed. Not think, I know that you save your anointed. I know that you save your I know that you say. I know that you're going to save me. I know that you're going to turn this around. I know. I know that when I leave this earth, I'm going to heaven. I know when I take my last breath, I'm going to heaven. I know. I know. I know. You know, I was thinking of this, and I, I was thinking about, uh, I believe it's First Samuel chapter 17, and I was thinking about David. You can't, and it goes back to you can't place rest, put your, your faith in in, in rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. I, I'm thinking about David and, and in 1 Samuel 17, and, and he's about to go fight, fight, uh, fight Goliath. And he tells, he goes to King Saul, and he goes, Saul, I, I, I'll be your man. I'll be the one. After all, your daughter's pretty, and I sure would love, I sure would love everyone to know my name in Israel. And I sure would love you to get my family out of debt. I mean, there were some good things on the other side of this, this, this deal of killing Goliath. I mean, it's not just... You know, there was some good stuff. But he went to him and said, I'm your man. Hey, I'll do this. And, and so he, he steps in there. And, and so Saul says, why don't you try on my armor? Why don't you try on my armor? You know, I got the best armor. I got the shiniest armor. You should see my sword and all the things on my sword. You should see, you should see my breastplate. You should see my helmet. You should see all the things that I have. And my armor is great. But David put it on. David tried to weld the sword. It doesn't fit me. He tried it. Didn't fit him. Sword may be too heavy. It just wasn't the right fit. It wasn't, it wasn't what he needed to trust in. You know, and a lot of times we can be like that. You know, the enemy are like, why don't you just try this? You can try that. You can try that. You can try this and, and do this and do that. And, but you know what? It comes back to David had to go back to what he had tried. I defeated the bear. I killed the lion. So who is this uncircumcised Philistine? 
It's all right, king. You know, I got a sling and I got five stones. See, natural mind, whoa. Put your faith. Don't put your faith in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. See, living with confidence. David was confident. He said in Psalms 20, I know the Lord saves his anointed. I know it. I know it. I trust in the Lord. I'm not going to trust in chariots. I'm not going to trust in an arm. You know what? Because those things will fail. But you know what? I'm going to trust in the Lord my God. He had to, you had to know. He was confident because not because he, he knew he was so proficient with a sling and a stone. Yeah, he, was, he, he wasn't confident in his ability. He was confident in the covenant. He was confident in the covenant, not in his ability. Because who is this uncircumcised? That's covenant terms. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? I've got a covenant with God and he doesn't. He's like, my covenant works for me. But it's, the covenant is based in what? God. Knowing whom I have believed. Hallelujah. Let's go to Jude. I'm going to skip some other stuff here and we'll maybe come back to that another time. I'll close with these things. Cassie, you can come on up. <clears throat> She's got two more scriptures. Jude 20. 24. There's not 20 chapters in Jude, so you know. Um, if you're looking, but there's not a chapter 20, Pastor Justin. Uh, also find 2 Samuel 22. Hallelujah. The Lord is good to me. He is good to this church. He is good to this people. Hallelujah. Father, we know in whom we have believed. Amen. Cause us to know you more deeply, more intimately. Hallelujah, that we would know you in every way, Father. Thank you, Lord. Jude, verse 24. King James says, Now unto him. Didn't say now unto what? Now unto him. Now unto him that is able to keep me from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Now unto him that is able to keep you, now unto him. Just close your eyes for a moment. Think about that for a moment. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. I, I don't know what word they're falling. Falling is, a, is of course, is a, it's a negative term. What, what, what negative things are you facing right now? Now unto him that is able to keep you. You know, keep there can be a word of protection. It can also be a place of peace. It can be a place of growth. Now unto, now unto him. Now unto, see, it's right now. 
right now, now unto him that is able. See, not, not what? Not a thing, not an object, not a concept, not an idea. It's him. It's him. Look to him. Consider Jesus, the apostle, who is faithful over all God's house. And in whose house we are in. So let us with confidence lay hold of this hope until the end. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. And to present you faultless. That's perfect. Before the presence. Man, think about that. When Anytime that you worship God. You come into his presence and, and you worship God. Realize, think about this scripture. He, he, not only does he keep me from falling, but also he causes me to come into his presence faultless. Wow. In the message, it says this. It says, thank you, Lord. It says, and now to him who can keep you on your feet, standing tall in his bright presence, fresh and celebrating. To our one God, our only Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Master, be glory, majesty, strength, and rule before all time and now until the end of time. So here he says, now unto him that's able to keep you from falling. Verse 25 says, to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power both now and forever. He wants to keep you from falling right now. He wants to perfect your life right now. He wants to move in your life right now. In 2 Samuel 22, verse 29, it says, For you, O Lord. See, this is personal to David. It says, For you, O Lord. It's, it's not a what, it's a person. To you, O Lord, are my lamp. The Lord lightens my darkness. For by you I run through a troop. And by my God I leap over a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a shield to all those who trust that's confidence. He's a shield to those who trust and take refuge in him. Having faith in God is having trust in God. It's having confidence in God. And it says he's a shield to them. For who is God but the Lord? And who is a rock except our God? God is my strong fortress. He guides the blameless in his way and sets him free. He makes my feet like hinds feet, firm and able. He sets me secure and confident. Upon the heights. He sets me. Secure. And confident upon the heights. That's verse 34. He trains my hands for war. So that my arms can bend a row of bronze. You've also given me the shield. Of your salvation. And your condensation and gentleness. Have made me great. Meaning it's what God has done in my life. That he's caused me to be great. You've enlarged my steps under me so that my feet have not slipped. I've pursued my enemies and destroyed them. And I did not turn back until they were consumed. I consumed them and thrust them through so they did not arise. And they fell at my feet. For you girded me with strength for the battle. Those who rose up against me, you subdued under me. You've made my enemies turn their backs to me that I might cut off them who hate me. They looked, but there were none to save, even to the Lord, but he did not answer them. Then I beat them small as the dust of the earth. I crushed them as the mire of the street and scattered them abroad. You also have delivered me from strife with my people. You kept me as the head of the nations. People whom I have not known serve me. 
Foreigners yielded feigned obedience to me. As soon as they heard of me, they came obedient to me. Foreigners faded away. They came limping and trembling under the strongholds. The Lord lives. Blessed be my rock and exalted be God, the God of my salvation. It is God who executes vengeance for me, who brought down the people under me, who brought me out of my enemies. You also lifted me up above those who rove up against me. You deliver me from the violent man. For this I will give thanks and extol the Lord among the nations. I will sing praises to your God. He is a tower of salvation and great deliverance to his king and shows loving kindness to his anointed, to David and his offspring forever. You are his offspring today. You are his offsprings and he's going to continue to show you favor. He's going to tell you strength. He's going to continue to show you his hand, his greatness, his deliverance. But you have to know him. It's knowing him. It's not just knowing an object, a thing, something you wish would happen. No, when you get to know him, get to pursue him, get to have a heart after him. I know in whom I have believed. Thank you, Father. Everyone stand to your feet. Every time we come, your presence, we receive exactly what we need. Other than every time we'd come in this house, we would just make a little bit of adjustment in our thinking to where I'm coming to the house of God not to receive something. But I'm in the house of the God to receive something from someone. It's not Justin or Dr. Savell or Rick or Joseph or Vic, Trey or any minister, but it's coming to receive something from someone. Jesus told the disciples, I want you to go to Jerusalem and I want you to stay there. Until you're endued with power from on high. Meaning they were looking, expecting, and pursuing something that was beyond them. And what makes us think that we need to live any different? That anything and everything that we need needs to come from Him. So as we gather on a Wednesday or a Sunday, let's believe that we're going to receive exactly what we need to receive from him. That every Sunday and Wednesday that we would experience him. That the only way this community and the state, the nation, the world, whoever experienced true revival is when they get to know and experience Him. So when we come in on Sunday morning, let's have an expectancy to experience the one in whom we have believed. always manifest where faith is present. He shows up where people stand up for him. 
and where people believe him. So, Father, our desire is to get to know you, Father. Get to know you. Get to know you and every part of who you are. keep you on your feet that's my prayer for you the rest of this week now to him who can keep you on your feet standing tall in his bright presence fresh and celebrating that the rest of this week you'll know his presence be refreshed by his presence and you'll celebrate his presence how you receive something tonight Amen. Give him a shout of praise for his word. Celebrate his goodness. Hallelujah.